0: This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out, and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the inaugural episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am your host, your master of ceremonies, your cruise director, if you will, Gordon Firemark. And this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop our businesses, even if we're not podcasting directly or specifically about law topics. I'm going to tell you a little bit today about who I am, my background, and my experience as a podcaster and internet marketer, and so on. and uh, And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what the show itself will be about. So um, um, let's just jump right in. And I'm going to start off by telling you the Law Podcasting Podcast. The show is going to be about podcasting, about lawyers who podcast, about how lawyers can uh, podcast, how we can improve our podcasts, and so on. We're going to adopt. Um, uh, varying formats sort of depending on the content we're we're uh, talking about on a particular day. Sometimes there will be a monologue like today's episode um, and other times I'll be interviewing other lawyers. I think that's going to be the most uh, interesting stuff, the uh, conversations with lawyers who themselves have podcasts. And then I will also be taking listener questions and so I will invite questions to be submitted. Uh, you can email me, gordon at uh, lawpodcaster.com I'm sorry, Gordon at LawPodcasting.com, and um, we will uh, include those uh, questions in future episodes and try to answer them for you. And I'm going to just put out now, this is a call for guests and suggestions. So if you have something you think I should be talking about, please let me know. If you know or or are someone who I should be talking to, uh, do, do, do advance your name and let me know so I can uh, include you on the list of folks to interview. Uh, this is going to be a great way for us to discover new legal oriented podcasts or just other podcasts by lawyers, as I said. Now, in this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my own journey. And, um, and, uh, well, here we go. I, I have a background as an audio technician and in TV production before I myself became an attorney. Uh, I, um, Uh, I got the bug to work in the live theater arena when I was fairly young. I was about, uh, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade when I was uh, invited by the school principal to run the sound for the school variety show. And that's what got me interested in microphones and mixing boards and sound effects and things like that. And uh, certainly that's a background that I bring to this podcasting thing. But what I can tell you is that it isn't a necessary set of skills. This is something that anybody who's ever listened to the radio, anybody who's ever listened to to any spoken word kind of material, um, will be able to get the hang of very, very quickly. Um, Anyway, I I began uh, my life as a sound guy, (laughs) sound and lighting and stuff like that, working in live theater, and later in college became a um, a major in radio, television, and film after stints in theater and journalism and fine art photography, that kind of thing. wound up doing um, uh, television production and uh, that kind of thing. During my senior year in college, I discovered a bit of an aptitude for the legal and regulatory and uh, management side of the uh, television production and film businesses. And so I was encouraged by a professor to consider going to law school, which I ultimately did. I uh, attended Southwestern uh, School of Law, um, and I was graduated in uh, the... Uh, Uh, Spring of 1992, along with a massive class of lawyers who had been encouraged to go to law school, having seen the television show L.A. Law on the air for a number of years. And that show, you may remember, made things look really sexy about the practice of law. Um, Little did we know. After law school, um, I came out in the midst of a bit of a recession, and um, jobs were scarce. But I did manage to find a position in a small entertainment litigation boutique. I knew that I wanted to do entertainment law. I didn't really care to do litigation. I was much more interested in deals and transactions and so on. But I took what I could get. It was a litigation job. And, uh, and then uh, shortly thereafter, um, in the uh, winter of uh, 1993, I uh, went out on my own as a solo. And I've been practicing in the fields of theater, film, television, and new media uh, ever since. I started podcasting as a uh, well, not actually as a marketing tool for my practice per se. In around 2005 or six, I um, was invited by a gentleman who was doing a show targeted at videographers and professional uh, video cinematographers and so on. Um, I was invited to do a question and answer series with him on his show, and that evolved into a show called "The Law and Video," in which um, we fielded listener questions about. Legal topics related to um, uh, the production and distribution of media content, mostly in the video arena. Uh, You know, have to have to genericize it, I guess, you know, make things generic in order to not be rendering specific legal advice. But that's what we did. And we did that show together for about a year where I was sort of the guest expert and this other fellow handled all of the production stuff. But over the course of that, I saw that it was a a worthwhile thing. And I started to get a, a bump from having posted my episodes, the fact that I was doing these episodes on my website and so on and telling people about it. And I started to see some uh, genuine uh, value in my practice from from having done that. So, when that fellow Brian decided that uh, we had sort of run our course, uh, he didn't want to continue doing this question and answer format. I decided to do it myself, and in 2008, I launched my own show called Entertainment Law Update, and uh, I'll talk a little more about that in a minute. Um, But in addition, because I'd been paying attention to this field, I had developed a bit of a of an expertise in. Uh, well, also with my entertainment background, of course, in the area of the law that addresses podcasting and blogging and new media and so on. So in 2010, I wrote a book called The Podcast Blog and New Media Producers Legal Survival Guide. And um, since then, I've also helped a number of well-known podcasters and podcasting networks to launch, uh, mostly from the business and legal side, but also bringing to bear some of my technical knowledge about this. So how I got uh, started podcasting myself, my own show, um, there were some, some barriers and challenges that I faced at the time. Um, the technology, uh, when I started out in the, in the late 2000s, was still fairly new and, uh, and a little bit ambiguous. There was no clear step-by-step process or system that anybody could articulate that was sort of foolproof and, um, and simple. Uh, so, I listened to some other podcasts that gave me some ideas, and I read up quite a bit on the internet and Of course, the background that I had in production helped me to figure out a uh, a workflow. I bought some equipment i had some equipment all in all it's it, it was pretty expensive at the time, and that is no longer an issue. There are some really great um, and affordable products out there that make podcasting accessible and easy. And I read a bunch of um, podcasting books, none of which was great, but they all sort of helped assemble in my mind this, um, you know, a method or a, a way to get set up and running. And it was a little bit of trial and error at first. Those first few episodes were a little bit of rough. But um, But, but I did it. Um, I also listened to a couple of other well-known podcasting gurus, uh, the how to podcast podcasts from uh, guys like Cliff Ravenscraft, the, uh, the podcast answer man and another one by a fellow named Daniel J. Lewis, who has a show called the audacity to podcast, which is a a bit of a, an irony because the uh, audio software that many folks use is called audacity as well. Um, Anyway, those two, uh the Podcast Answer Man and the Audacity to Podcast were sort of where I got a lot of my uh early instruction and in how to set up things and make it work. Um so what I did then was I sought out a co-host. I, just, I knew that I didn't want to just lecture into a microphone you know, on a weekly basis or something like that. I wanted to have a co-host so that there was a back and forth, a give and take, and, and a multiple personality uh, flavor to things. So I went out on a Twitter at the time, which was still a fairly new. Not very many lawyers had, had adopted Twitter. And I just put it out there. Hey, I'm looking for a co-host. Anybody – recommend someone. And I got several recommendations of a woman named Tamara Bennett. Tamara is a music lawyer in the Dallas Fort Worth part of Texas. And, uh, she, um, I I made contact with her and we chatted a little bit online and then connected up via Skype and, and, uh, and did our thing. But before we did that, I had to consider some ethics issues and uh, I went out, I sought out a few legal ethics experts some people that I knew and I read up on it a little bit. And I also read quite a bit of the first amendment jurisprudence out there and um, lawyer advertising uh, decisions from mostly the California state bar because that's where I am. And I drew my own conclusions. And I, I basically decided, look, this is a lot more like teaching or writing books and articles than it is like advertising. Obviously, we're not going to talk specifically about our clients and our cases, or, or frankly, about issues that we're you know, dealing with in an active way. Um, the fact that neither of us is a litigator makes it a little easier on us. We can, we can speak uh, about concepts and principles without fear that uh, what we say is going to come back to us in, in a courtroom or something like that. Um, and I guess the message is you don't want to make public statements that can paint you into a corner. Um, you use your show to inform and educate the audience out there and not specifically to sell. What we decided to do, um, and also never giving legal advice via podcast, not specific advice in any event, just you know, keeping things generic, explaining the principles behind the law and how things tend to operate the way we decided to do the podcast back then in 2008 was to offer cle credit in california and texas at least um to our listeners who uh you know signed up and paid us a small fee for the credit and um getting approved for cle credit was a uh an odyssey of its own <laughs> but we did it and uh we offered cle credit for the first 3 years of the podcast but uh the, the return on investment there just wasn't wasn't making sense. We weren't getting a lot of people buying the credit from us, and just decided to let that lapse when, when it came time to renew the CLE um, um, uh, status with the with the bar associations. So, um, what we've done is developed a. Uh, a few keys to success in podcasting. And that's what I want to share with you listeners from talking to other lawyers, but also just in, in uh, you know, sharing my own experience. Podcasting isn't hard. It is a little bit technical. And so following a recipe or a checklist is really the key, developing a workflow. And actually, I'm, I created a, I've created a course that lays out a step-by-step plan of action that will get you up and running with a podcast in as little as a weekend. The keys to podcasting success really are consistency and frequency. And this is a situation where uh, I, I should really take my own advice because the, the Entertainment Law Update podcast is something that only comes out once a month. Now, the nature of our content is such that we are doing a roundup of legal news and, and, um, and uh, case reporting uh, on a monthly basis. We, um, we uh, sit down each week. Um, with a team of uh, student law student interns who help us assemble the sh- the the topics we're going to talk about for the show and they provide us with some summaries and then and then off we go uh once a month we sit down and, and record an hour long roundup of these stories and um, um so that that's been that's been our our workflow we um plan and produce the show um over the course of each week and then round it all up at the end and and turn it into a an outline for the show um we are reading blogs and news daily, and this has been, by the way, great for keeping us up to speed in the law and making us better lawyers as, as well. Um, so each week, we read our blogs and news uh, every day, and we you know sort of flag stories that we want to include. We use some online tools for that, and and then we ask the interns uh, to brief the cases for us, and uh, and then we schedule a call and, and get together and record. The way that I've developed of doing the show and the one that I teach is one that involves very little editing or post-production. Um, we sit down and we record, and unless there's been a technical glitch and We've had to reconnect our Skype call, or if one of us has just completely you know made a misstatement that we're concerned about or something like that, we really don't do any editing um, we uh, sweeten up the sound a little bit, make it sound a little more you know give it a little more punch, give it a little more balance and, and evenness of the levels and then out it goes We publish the episode we publish the show notes, show notes on our website and uh, and up it goes so that's the entertainment law update web's uh, podcast and I also have a couple of other shows that I've done and and sometimes still do. One is called Entertainment Industry Insights, in which I interview um, uh, thought leaders in the field of entertainment. Um, When I encounter one, I sort of do this. It's, again, not a regular thing. And, uh, again, do as I say, not as I do. Do a frequent and consistent uh, publication uh, um, uh, schedule and then of course there's this show which it is my intention to come out every couple of weeks at the at the most at the you know at the least frequent uh, maybe more often uh, like a weekly basis the results that i have achieved uh, by doing this show have been have doing my entertainment law update show i should say have been really tremendous they have essentially positioned me as an authority in the field of entertainment law certainly in the field of of the academic side of things i'm i'm uh, quite well aware and, and tuned into what's going on in the field it's given me a great deal of high visibility it's forced me to stay up on current cases and developments and that's made me a better lawyer Plus, it gives me an excuse to connect with guests and experts and so on, and, and all of these shows are, are great for that. Um, and finally, uh, my show isn't necessarily targeted at prospective clients so much as at other lawyers and professionals in the industries, but the fact is my clients often do listen before they initiate contact with me. They get to know and like and trust me before I ever meet them or talk to them on the phone, and they have a sense of sort of knowing who I am before we've ever met. And I think that is a tremendous value in marketing my services as an entertainment lawyer. For me, it's been tremendously satisfying, tremendously rewarding, and uh, it's been a real marketing boost. And so I want to share the wealth and teach other, other lawyers how they can use uh, podcasting as a tool. So are you thinking about starting a podcast have you already got a show? And if so, I'd like to have you join me on the show and share your experiences. Uh, do you have questions about this medium? It is extremely powerful, and I definitely want to encourage lawyers everywhere to adopt this as a tool to communicate with clients and prospects and referral sources. So I want to invite you to contact me and to share your thoughts and experiences or questions. And the website is at lawpodcaster.com. And... Um, We have also developed that course that I mentioned, and that is at lawpodcasting.com. And if you head on over to lawpodcasting.com right now, you can get a free copy of the Law Podcasters resource guide that I've assembled and that will also add you to the mailing list so that when we launch the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course you'll be on the VIP early bird notification list and with that I'll just say thank you for listening and goodbye stay tuned for the first episode which is available now and uh, in it I have interviewed a couple of patent lawyers who uh, do a fantastic podcast called Patent Fridays and in episode two I'll be talking to John Corcoran who is a business uh, transactional and litigation attorney in the Bay Area here in California. So stay tuned. There'll be more interviews and more uh, topical stuff coming your way.